Good morning for Monday, April 17, 2017. Audible presents the New York Times Audio Digest. Here's what's making news on the front page. Turkey's leader claims vast new power. Birth rates fall with fortunes, and Russia inquiry leader emerges from obscurity. In today's national headlines, in Korea, a Cuban missile crisis in slow motion, we hear a news analysis preaching gospel of salvation for a Colorado River, and police seek suspect after a killing seen on Facebook. In today's business headlines, hotels make plans as Airbnb poses threat, coming lineup bolsters hopes at Sony Pictures, and BP struggles to control damaged oil well in Alaska's North Slope. There will be more business stories, more national and world news, a roundup from the sports page, and New York Times columnist Charles Blow. Now, as selected by the editors of the New York Times, here are the stories on today's front page. The top stories written from Istanbul by Patrick Kingsley. Turkey's leader claims vast new power. A slim majority of Turkish voters agreed on Sunday to grant sweeping powers to their president in a watershed moment that the country's opposition fears may cement a system of authoritarian rule within one of the key power brokers of the Middle East. With nearly 99% of votes in a referendum counted on Sunday night, supporters of the proposal had 51.3% of the votes cast and opponents had 48.7%, the country's electoral commission announced. The result will take days to confirm, and the main opposition party said it would demand a recount of about 37% of ballot boxes, containing around 2.5 million votes. But on Sunday night, the result was already a political reality, as President Recep Tayyip Erdogan hailed his victory in front of a crowd of supporters in Istanbul. We are enacting the most important governmental reform of our history, he said. The constitutional change will allow the winner of the 2019 presidential election to assume full control of the government, ending the parliamentary political system. The result tightens Erdogan's grip on Turkey, which is one of the leading external actors in the Syrian war, a major way station along the migration routes to Europe, and a crucial Middle Eastern partner of the United States and Russia. Many analysts were surprised by the close result, saying they had expected Erdogan to achieve a larger majority because he had held the referendum within an atmosphere of fear. Since a failed coup last summer, Turkey has been under a state of emergency, a situation that allowed the government to fire or suspend about 130,000 people suspected of being connected to the failed putsch and to arrest about 45,000. The campaign was characterized by intimidation of opposition members, several of whom were shot at or beaten while on the stump. At least three instances of alleged voter fraud appeared to be captured on camera. The new system will abolish the post of prime minister and transfer executive power to the president, allow the president to issue decrees and appoint many judges and officials responsible for scrutinizing his decisions limit the president to two five-year terms, but give the option of running for a third term if Parliament truncates the second one by calling for early elections, allow the president to order disciplinary inquiries into any of the 3.5 million civil servants, according to an analysis by the head of the Turkish Bar Association. 
Academics and members of the opposition are concerned that the system will threaten the separation of powers on which democracies have traditionally depended. It represents a remarkable aggrandizement of Erdogan's personal power and quite possibly a death blow to vital checks and balances in the country, said Professor Howard Eisenstadt, a Turkey expert at the Project on Middle East Democracy, a Washington research group. Judicial independence was already shockingly weak before the referendum. The new system makes that worse. Here's the second front-page story, Birth Rates Fall with Fortunes. Reported from Athens by Liz Alderman. As a longtime fertility doctor, Minas Mastrominas has helped couples in Greece give birth to thousands of bouncing babies. But recently, disturbing trends have escalated at his clinic. Couples insisting on only one child, women renouncing plans to conceive, and a surge in single-child parents asking him to destroy all of the remaining embryos. People are saying they can't afford more than one child, or any at all, said Mastrominas, a director at Embryogenesis, a large in vitro fertilization center. After eight years of economic stagnation, they're giving up on their dreams. Like women in the United States and other mature economies, women across Europe have been having fewer children for decades. But demographers are warning of a new hotspot for childlessness on the Mediterranean Rim, where Europe's economic crisis hit hardest. One-fifth of women born in the 1970s are likely to remain childless in Greece, Spain, and Italy, a level not seen since World War I, according to the Wittgenstein Center for Demography and Global Human Capital based in Vienna. And hundreds of thousands of fertile young people have left for Germany, Britain, and the prosperous North.